Welcome into another edition of the Wisports.net podcast. I'm Travis Wilson, general manager at Wisports.net, and your host for the WSN podcast. We are into the thick of things when it comes to the high school sports uh, winter season, playoffs, basketball. Uh, it's, a, it's a fun time of the year. It's a great time of the year. Uh, again, as, as we've said many times, it's good to be talking about all of these different sports when we weren't sure, you know, several months ago, if we were going to have that opportunity, how those opportunities were going to work. Some news that came out this week regarding the basketball state tournaments that, that we'll touch on briefly. Uh, unfortunately, uh, some uh, not so good news, some very tragic news on the basketball scene in the state uh, with a couple of very prominent members uh, passing away in the last few days as well. But as we sit here on the uh, the first week in February, we are very, very close to the start of the high school basketball season. Girls basketball playoffs begin next week. Boys basketball seeding meetings taking place this weekend. Brackets announced uh, on Sunday. Boys tournament starting in a couple of weeks. Uh, we are we are into that busy time period. Wrestling is is through their regionals and and intersectionals. The state uh, swimming and diving meet. Um, you know that's that's uh, taking place and um, just a, a lot going on for winter sports. Uh, again, because of the rearranged schedule, because of the uh, the addition of that alternate fall season that will take place in March through May, the winter calendar moved up a little bit. This is definitely earlier than we talk about high school basketball playoffs and state tournaments and everything else than uh, than most years. But let's get into it. Uh, I should add that, that the majority of our conversation today is actually going to be an interview and a conversation with another former outstanding player from the state of Wisconsin. Last week, we talked to TJ Bray, the 2010 Mr. Basketball Award winner in Wisconsin. This week, we're going to the girls' side, uh, to, to the women's side, and we will talk with Sam Terry, the 2013 Miss Basketball selection from the state of Wisconsin out of Baraboo High School. She went on to a great career at UW-Green Bay, and uh, we'll catch up with her to talk about her basketball journey, her time at Green Bay, you know what she remembers about her high school uh, high school days, and uh, and have a good catch-up conversation with Sam as well. But again, uh, some, some news this week uh, regarding state basketball that I think is better than, than maybe what we were anticipating, or at least what I was anticipating based on some conversations that I had had um, you know, with, with folks that that were kind of in that process with Kate Peterson Abiad and uh, and some other people. It was looking like because of the the current situation and you know the the Rush Center, the Cole Center, other larger arenas at state schools in in Wisconsin not being made available uh, to the WIAA. It was looking like there was a good chance that the state tournaments were going to be held at larger high school venues. Um, we knew that there was going to be essentially five mini tournaments for each division. We didn't for sure know the schedule and, and structure for a while. We, we got news that they would all be one day and that there would be two locations used. And again, we thought that that would be high schools uh, quite quite potentially. However, late, uh, late last week, the announcement came that the lacrosse center in lacrosse was going to host three of the divisions of the boys and girls basketball state tournaments. So they would have the, the games on Thursday and they would have uh, games on both Friday and Saturday. So they would play host to three of the divisions. Uh, also as part of that, uh, very 
pleasantly surprised to find out that after working with the Lacrosse Health uh, Department and the, uh, the the folks at the Lacrosse Center, that the WIA is going to be allowing uh, accommodating up to a thousand fans. I believe it is per game at the Lacrosse Center with mitigation in place, with distancing of, of uh, household pods and, and things like that. It's around a 6,000-seat arena, I believe, for the basketball configuration, which means that uh, it'll be operating at you know less than, than 20% capacity. And uh, very, very good news for fans of those teams. And, and the more, majority of those, uh, those tickets will go to the participating schools. It, it, it sounds like there'll be very, very few... Uh, general admission tickets available, and you understand that. It's it's unfortunate. There's a lot of people that have been going to the state tournament for years and years and years, decades, um, that, you know, they're, they're, they're going to focus, uh, as I think they should, on allowing the participating schools to to get, um, you know, the majority of those tickets and, uh, and you know, let the, the parents and the fans and the community members and everybody else uh, support those uh, those teams. So Lacrosse Center, we knew was going to be one of those sites, and we were waiting on the second site. Earlier this week, Menominee Nation Arena in Oshkosh was announced as the second site. That is the uh, site of uh, the Wisconsin Herd G League team, uh, the the Bucks G League team, uh, where they play games. There's been other events there as well. Um, so we've got Oshkosh and we've got Lacrosse as the two host sites. And by the way, Menominee Nation Arena, they expect to accommodate a thousand fans there as well. So we uh, we know uh, again that Thursday the games are going to be at the Thursday of the the state tournaments. Boys and girls will be at the Lacrosse Center, and then uh, both sites will host games on Friday and Saturday. Excuse me of the state tournament. We know the times that those games are going to be. They're going to be a pretty similar schedule to what they've done in the past. Games start at 9.05 um, on, on all of the days, and, and there's kind of a two-hour and 40-minute window in there uh, between games. And uh, all games will be on TV. That was a really big thing for the WIAA, obviously, especially if, if fan attendance was going to be limited. It'll be on TV as we've done in the past and seen in the past. TV was able to accommodate uh, two locations. They, they were not able to accommodate three or more locations as the WI had considered at, at one point. But uh, good to have something. Good to have uh, fans in person. Good to have all the games on TV. And now it's just a matter of finding out who actually makes those state tournaments and also what the, uh, you know, what the schedule and, and where teams are going to be assigned, which, which location. We don't know that yet. We aren't sure if we're going to know that ahead of time or if Potentially, the WIA will wait until they know who has qualified and then assign those those divisions to a location. Not a bad way to go about it because if, for instance, in Division One, if all your teams that qualify in Division One for boys or girls are on the eastern side of the state, it would make sense to send them to Oshkosh rather than having everybody drive all the way across to Lacrosse. Um, but we'll see. Again, we don't we don't know the the timetable for when that announcement will be made. So some really positive developments, and you know, for uh, for a, a basketball community that um, had no state tournament last year, and, and a lot of people and a lot of kids really missed out on those opportunities. Uh, it was a it was a good uh, it was a good thing for people that are are wanting to see uh, high school sports and high school basketball happen in the state tournament specifically. 
Unfortunately, we also dealt with tragedy earlier this week. Uh, on Sunday, Richie Davis uh, passed away, um, a, a longtime fixture in the club scene in the state of Wisconsin, founded the Fox Valley Skills, uh, joined the, uh, the Wisconsin Playground Club uh, for many, many years, was, was kind of their managing director uh, and, and ran a lot of the, the, the teams themselves, coached a lot of the teams, coached some of the best players in the state going back a number of years. Brian Butch, when he was at the, the Fox Valley Skills with the Wisconsin Playground, you know, kids like TJ Bray, Josh Gosser, Jonathan Davis, Jordan Davis, uh, JP Tokato, um, Sam Decker, Bronson Koenig. I mean, I mean, the list is long and impressive of, of top-level kids that Richie Davis coached and, uh, you know, one of the, the most well-known figures in the club basketball scene in the state of Wisconsin. He passed away at the age of 48. Uh, just a, a, a day later, Monday night, uh, unfortunately, at the, uh, the home gym for my alma mater, Richland Center, where my brother is the, uh, the JV coach, Colton Wilson, who's our content producer at WSN. Uh, Tracy Krieger, a, a longtime fixture in Southwest Wisconsin basketball, uh, was officiating the game, had a, a medical emergency, ended up collapsing on the court, uh, I was watching the live stream, and it was uh, it was a surreal and, and tough thing to watch. Uh, he collapsed, and, and within seconds, fa- uh, people came out of the stands, uh, medical professionals and, and those with EMT training came down, and, and CPR was started almost immediately. Uh, the gym was cleared, and, and they worked on, on, uh, on, on Tracy. Um, unfortunately, he would pass away later that night and uh, at the age of 69, but he was... He was a guy that was around everywhere. He he was a girls coach at Riverdale. He was a the men's coach at UW Richland uh, in in the '80s, early '90s time period. He he was the women's coach there later on. He was a uh, athletic director at UW Richland. He officiated basketball, including a number of uh, of playoff games. He officiated football, baseball, softball, volleyball. Uh, he was always in a gym somewhere. Uh, he, he, he was uh, from uh, or taught at, uh, at Riverdale High School in Muscaday, uh, but everybody in southwest Wisconsin knew him. And that included uh, Greg Gard, who uh, uh, at last night's game, Badger game, uh, certainly a uh, very classy move for him to make a special uh, uh, you know, reference to both Richie and Tracy saving them a seat and, and posting on social media and, and making comments, uh, you know, about, uh, about those folks. So it was a, it was a, a tough, tough early week in the basketball scene and, and also got word there was another official that had collapsed in a JV game in the area. Uh, I don't know his status, but certainly hope everything is okay and, and you know, had not heard any updates. So it, hopefully that means things are, are good. There was a basketball game last night in the northern part of the state where a player suffered a, an injury um, that ended up causing the game to be canceled so that he could receive proper medical attention. I, I believe he is doing okay now. But it's just kind of a, uh, a reinforcer of the reality that, um, you know, there's, there's uh, inherent risk in any athletic endeavor, and there's just inherent risk in, in being alive of, uh, you know, sudden, sudden instances of, of health concerns um, that, that aren't even related to athletics. And, uh, you know, it, it, it puts things in perspective. It, it hopefully makes us all appreciate things a little better. Hopefully makes us appreciate the opportunities that these kids are getting to play the game right now. Uh, and as we've talked about, as I've talked about <clears throat> before, 
You know, let's be thankful that we're getting sports. Let's be thankful that we're getting a state tournament at all. Let's not be critical of, you know, I got assigned to this division. Uh, I got, you know, assigned to this site. I, I had to travel farther. Let's just play. Let's let's be thankful for what we have. Let's be thankful for the opportunities that are being presented in light of everything going on and everything that, that uh, we didn't get last year. And let's move forward. Um, so... A lot going on uh, in high school sports and in high school basketball specifically. You can find, before I forget, uh, you know, check out Wisports.net for full basketball coverage from Mark Miller and Norbert Durst. There'll be girls basketball playoff information coming out, previews coming out very shortly from Norbert uh, and into next week, taking a look at uh, you know some of the big storylines to watch in, in the girls basketball playoffs. Mark will have the same as well. We're starting to get into the end of the season, so there will start being some award stuff that will come out. We'll have our semifinalists for our senior awards um, that will be announced in the next couple weeks. We'll have our winners of the awards. You know, We're starting to have those conversations about, well, who's, whose kids are going to be All-State? Whose kids are going to be Mr. Basketball, Miss Basketball? Um, those, those kinds of things are happening as well. So a lot going on. Again, make sure that, uh, that WISports.net is your daily destination. And if you're listening to this podcast, and especially if you're listening – Almost 15 minutes into our podcast, I'm pretty sure that you're checking out WSN on a regular basis. As we continue our discussions about the upcoming basketball playoffs, including the girls' basketball playoffs that uh, that begin very shortly here, uh, we're going to continue our look at, at, at in conversations with some of the outstanding players that have uh, have played high school basketball in the state of Wisconsin recently. Last week, we talked with T.J. Bray, the 2010 Mr. Basketball selection from Catholic Memorial. Uh, great conversation with him. This week, we're going to go to the girls' side, to the women's side, and uh, bringing on our, our next guest here, uh, Sam Terry former uh, Miss Basketball selection in 2013 at Baraboo High School, went on to a stellar career at, uh, at Green Bay as well. Sam, we appreciate you taking some time to, to join us and, and take a little nostalgic look back at your high school and, and basketball career. Thanks, Travis, for having me on today. I know it was so crazy just thinking back to high school and how long ago it was and just kind of reminiscing on all of those times, whether it be growing up before high school, high school, and then on to college. So, I'm excited to talk about that with you today. Well, let's kind of start at the beginning and, and take us through your basketball journey a little bit. You know, when did you start playing? Who introduced you to the game? You know, what were what were some of those early influences as you were growing up, maybe before the high school level? Yeah, so I started when I was really young. I think my parents have a picture of me in one of those, like, things that parents put their kids in and they can just roll all over the floor. And I just carried this pink and white basketball with me everywhere. So I think it started at, at young age, I two or three. And then we obviously had those like little kid hoops in the living room. And I feel like I always had a ball in my hand dribbling it on our kitchen floor. Luckily at that young of an age, I can't really do anything to break stuff. So that was a good thing. But um, my dad definitely has been, the biggest influence on my basketball career. That's something that him and I kind of just connected and bonded over um, from when I was three on to when I was in college. Um, so he, that was something he was always working with me, always came to my practices and put in that extra time with me in the gym. Um, and I, we actually developed the 24 hour rule when I was in high school um, where we couldn't talk about the game for 24 hours after, whether I played good or bad. And it kind of just led us 
kind of cool off, especially if I did play bad, um, because he definitely didn't just sugarcoat it. And when I played bad, he told me I played bad and gave, gave me the stuff to work on, which I truly appreciate. At the time, I did not, and that's why we had the 24-hour rule. But now, looking back and just kind of reminiscing on that in my entire college career, it was what I needed. Like, just if you would have sugarcoat, like, oh, my gosh, you played so good, blah, blah, blah. I definitely would not be the player who I was at the end of my career. So you uh, you entered high school and you ended up being a four year all conference performer at Baraboo in the uh, in the Badger North Conference. Um, when did you start to get the idea that you know what I I'm a pretty good player and I have a potential to you know make an impact pretty early on here at Baraboo and uh, and you know when did it kind of click for you that. I, I might have some opportunities after high school, uh, you know, at the, at the college level. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is a good question. So going into high school, I had only two coaches in my entire career, and that was my dad and Coach Staff from Edgewood. So she was my AU coach for all the years that I played. So between them, they kind of got me to where I wanted to be without me even knowing it, enter high, entering high school. And then, I played with varsity that summer, um, and it was when Megan Dorner actually tore her ACL um, that summer going into my freshman year, and it was before our first game. Um, I was so nervous just being a freshman, like playing in my first varsity game, and Coach Crane pulled me aside and was like, I want you to know that you're not a typical freshman on our team. We, I, we need you to know that we need you to contribute and you're, we need you to just play the way that you want to play. Like we need you in these games and we need you to play the basketball that you know how to play. And I was just like, Oh my gosh, so nervous, but it was kind of then and from their support all the way through that I realized it. And I mean, I'm one of those people who you can always work on everything, even as a senior in college, like there's always stuff to work on. And I think that truly helped, especially progress, because a lot of kids sometimes they're very, really, really, really good their freshman, sophomore year, and then it kind of just plateaus. But in order to be the best that you have to be, like, you have to always work. There isn't a time where you're like, oh, I'm done. I got to where I wanted to be, and I just don't need to practice anymore. I mean, if you look at the WNBA and the NBA, like, they're still putting in the work. So I think it was that first game as a freshman when our coaches pulled me aside and was like, listen, we need you to contribute and we, we, you can't be nervous. Like you just have to go in there and play. So it was from then on that I just put in the work. And I think being a freshman on varsity for volleyball and basketball, you have to earn that respect of the upperclassmen. Um, It's not outrageous for a freshman to be on varsity, but sometimes it's not as common and especially to be someone who is getting a lot of minutes. So you have to really earn the respect by the hard work that you're putting in at practice on your own and in the games. We're talking with Sam Terry, the 2013 Miss Basketball selection at Baraboo High School. When did you start getting college interest and when did that that idea start to be a reality for you? So I started um, the recruiting process when I was a freshman. Um, So I think I visited Michigan and Michigan State where a couple of my first um, visits, which is crazy that I ended up in Michigan um, for right now, 
But I actually met Coach Borseth at Michigan, so it was ironic that um, I got recruited by um, Coach Ballant at Green Bay, and then my senior year, he left. Um, and honestly, it's scary. Like, you, that new coach coming in has the right to not honor your scholarship. So it was the fall, I think, of my senior year where I'm like, do I have a scholarship? Like, what's going to happen? And when I heard that Coach Borseth was the new Green Bay women's head coach, I was so happy because I'd already met him and I got to know him and form that relationship. And so that was just extremely unique and awesome how that situation worked out. But the recruiting process, as every athlete who goes through it, is not easy, especially being young. Um, it's stressful. You have all of these coaches that are reaching out to you, texting you, asking you how the game went, and you just are like, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? You form relationships with all of these coaches that are recruiting you. So when it comes to the time where you have to make a decision, it really stinks because you have to tell coaches that you truly formed the connection with. No. Um, so that's the hard part. And through my coaching career, that's one area that I really want to let the athletes that I'm coaching know that I will help them through because I know it's stressful. I know it can be overwhelming, but at the end of the day, you have to acknowledge the fact like these schools are looking at you for a reason. They're interested in you and you also have to, make the situation fun. Otherwise you're just going to be so stressed and you're like, Oh my gosh, I don't know what to do. And it, it's a cool experience that not a lot of kids get to go through. So at the end of the day, you have to flip it and be like, this is fun. Like I get to form connections with all of these coaches who are all of these campuses. And at the end of the day, still play the sport that I love to play. And in the end result, like that's the part that you have to focus on the most. I mentioned one of the challenges for you during your career was at the beginning of your junior year, you suffered an injury uh, that, that kept you out for a couple months, I think. Uh, how challenging was that to, to be out during that time, um, you know, to, to have to get back and, and put in the work to get back? Uh, what was that process like coming back from an injury? That was very challenging. So I dislocated my knee um, in the first game of our junior season, and I was the first like major injury that I've really ever encountered. I broke my sesamoid bone and had a stress fracture, I think my freshman year, but I still got to play and I wasn't out that long. But that one, when you're in a brace and you're like, I can't lift my leg on my own. You, you kind of wonder. And I think um, after the game, my parents are getting text messages from friends and family. Like, Oh my gosh, I heard Sam's career is over. And you're just like, no, like, it's not over. I'm going to work my way back to where I want to be. And it, and I did. And I, I thank my athletic training staff um, for that and all my PT um, specialists just for getting back to where I am. And honestly, I'm really glad that I experienced an injury like that before college because little did I know at the time, I just, that was only the start of all my injuries. But I definitely... You, it's a mental game and you always have to know like you're going to take two steps forward and maybe three steps back. Um, and that, that's just how the process goes. You're not just going to keep taking steps forward without something kind of setting you back. And I think that's the hardest thing as a player to understand is it's not just going to be rainbows and butterflies, the whole process. Like you are going to have to put the work in to get back to where you want to be. And that might be the hardest part while you see your teammates out there playing. And the only thing you want to do is to be on that court, but 
you develop kind of another sense of the game and you get to see what's happening from the bench and you get to help your teammates out in that aspect. Like, Hey, I saw this, like this might help you in this situation. Um, and you kind of be a, a player coach to where the girls respect you. And so you telling them like, Hey, this is what I saw really helps. And you just get to be the biggest cheerleader and support one another while you can't actually be on the court contributing. After uh, the the challenge of your junior year, you're uh, you know going into your senior year. I'm sure you're excited and, and looking forward to it. Um, you, you ended up as the Miss Basketball selection in the state, the the highest honor that you can get in the state of Wisconsin. Was that one of the goals? One of the uh, you know things that you thought about heading into that senior season? And uh, what was that senior year like for you? So I think as any player, like that's in the back of your head. Um, but one thing that I'm super grateful for that my parents really instilled in me from a young age is your top priority is your team. Like you're not going to get those awards without your team. And so going in, I honestly wasn't sure. I think I went in as the second ranked player in um, our class and my injury just ruined that. Cause I, I was out for half of a season and, that's half of a season that I didn't get to play. Um, and so going in, my biggest goal was I want our team to get as far as we can. Um, and obviously state, like getting your team to state is the biggest goal. And if Miss Basketball came with that, then that I would have been so grateful. But I think if you just think about I want to be Miss Basketball at the end of the season, I don't think you're going to have that great of a season because you're going to have the me focus instead of the we focus. And that is probably the biggest hurdle that you your team could have to get over um and so going in I was like I missed my junior year my parent like no one knew this was an an opportunity or even something that could happen in the future and I remember I was at my aunt's house and my parents had known for like a week before this and I'm like how the heck did you not tell me but they're like Sam just come home we have to talk to you and I'm like I'm working on home <laughs> um, with my aunt like I just had to finish this and then they told me and I think I just burst out in tears because it was so exciting and something that I didn't think was going to happen especially um at that time usually Miss Basketball was someone who had made it to the state also so it was just I'm like oh yeah I I don't think I'm gonna get this and I just moved on and was preparing for um Green Bay after my high school season and so it was just the biggest honor to be awarded that um and it truly shows that if you put in the hard work you're gonna get rewarded with something that shows just how much that hard work paid off. And I, I'm grateful for that. It's, it's not the biggest thing. Like I said, team is always something that is going to come first before any single personal award, but it is a really great honor and to be awarded that. And now on the wall at just the game is super cool. I get snapped of all little girls. I coach like, Oh my gosh, you're on the wall. And those are the, those are the, the moments that I love just because I'm like, that could be you now. Like you put in the work that could be you. So that's just what I love about it. And obviously I'm so grateful and honored that I was awarded Miss Basketball. Um, and that's something that I'll never forget either. When you were growing up as a young player, what were some of the players that, that you looked up to and what were some of the names, you know, kind of on a, a statewide level that you remember seeing as, you know, Oh my gosh, this is, you know, this great player and, you know, maybe that's uh, somebody I'd aspire to or gives me an idea of what can be done. What were some of those names growing up that you remember on the state basketball scene? 
Yeah, so, oh my gosh, I, names, I can't even, I couldn't even tell you names, like, at the high school level, because I'm blanking, but I think, like, growing up, we always attended the Wisconsin basketball games, which is so ironic, because that's, like, now a big in-state ride, Um, but I remember Mariah Dunham was someone who I truly looked up to, um, and she was always my coach at camp and we kind of just formed this relationship kind of ish um, where we would see her at AU tournaments um, when I was playing and she was coaching. And it was just really fun to kind of watch that person go to their games and kind of just see how they play. Cause she was a, an aggressive, like I take no mercy from you type of player. And that's, that's how I am too. Like, I'm just going to go and give my all, like I don't care who's next to me. Um, and so I think that was really cool. And then for it to come full circle, it, I coached against her in AAU when I was coaching, and now she's actually Finlandia University as coach up in uh, Hancock. So it's coming full circle, but I think she was one of the main um, people that I truly looked up for. I mean, we went to, I think, a Badger basketball game every single week um, when they had home games. So, But, I mean, the state of Wisconsin has been super fortunate to have a lot of outstanding basketball players. I think every year it's just like there's a handful of names they are like, this is a really good state basketball team. And I think at one point, even um, with Green Bay, when I think it was maybe it was my junior, sophomore year, every single person was from the state of Wisconsin. And I think that's pretty cool to have a team that was so successful to have every single player on the roster from the state of Wisconsin, um, which is unique. Like, I don't know if that has ever happened before. So I've been fortunate to play alongside, play against a ton of, of the top girls in the state of Wisconsin, which is super cool. During your time, other other names from the state that were at Green Bay, Allie LeClaire, uh, Maren Craker, Jessica Lindstrom, uh, Jen Wellnitz, just a, a whole host of players, as you said, that went on to great success at Green Bay. And let's talk a little bit about your time at Green Bay. Uh, what was that experience like once you got there, um, you know, for your career? And, and what are some of the, the highlights from your time at Green Bay? Yeah, so um, I went on to play basketball at Green Bay, like you said. So I was there from the spring of 2013 to the spring of 2017 playing. Um, and then it was absolutely amazing. I mean, being a mid-major, being a small school, but being so successful on a national level is something that is truly amazing. And being a part of the team was just something that I will forever remember and being a part of a community that is so proud of their women's basketball team. Um, something that you don't see very often was super rewarding given my playing career. There wasn't exactly what I expected it to be um, being injured as much as I was. So I had six knee surgeries through my time there. And then I just sprained my ankle twice. Um, so it definitely put me back. Um, I tore my meniscus for the first time the preseason of my freshman year, and I never did a preseason uh, moving forward. So I've always had surgery after each season because I chose to play through it, which probably wasn't the best option, but on meniscus you can play, so I chose to play. Um, but And people always ask, like, do you regret playing basketball with all of your knee surgeries? And it takes me a second to say no. Um, I met some of my best friends there, whether it's on the team or at the on campus. And boosters 
still stay in contact with me four years, going into four years later. And the relationships that I formed with the coaching staff and um, our admin department at, at Green Bay, it's, it's something that I will forever cherish and forever be thankful for. Um, I mean, not many people get to say they played in three Division I NCAA um, tournament games. Uh, not many people get to say they played against UConn. Um, and it's just, I, I got to do a lot of experiences that not every other person my age gets to do. And that's something that I will forever be thankful for. Before we let you go, we, uh, we want to kind of catch up with you on, on what you've been up to since Green Bay. Uh, you mentioned, uh, I think 2017 was your last year at Green Bay. So what have you been up to since then? You mentioned some coaching that you've been doing. Uh, what's, what's been keeping you busy? Yeah, so um, I coached AAU for, I think it was four years. Um, and then, so I played at Green Bay up until 2017. I coached my last two years and then two years after for AAU. And then I actually uh, got my master's at Green Bay in 2018 while interning in the athletic department at Green Bay and then also for the Horizon League on hopes that I was going to be selected for the NCAA internship that following year, um, which I didn't, but I'm still so thankful that that put me on the path that I did because um, I was solely set on being a teacher. My degree is in elementary ed, and my master's is actually also in education. Um, so it wasn't until that fifth year where I got into the event side of things, public relations. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I really, really like this. And I wasn't sure if I wanted to stay in sports, if I wanted to go outside. So I kind of just – I worked for a family friend for his um, lighting company over in the pier just doing miscellaneous um, – admin stuff and marketing type work for him. And then I coached basketball at the pier high school, which shout out to them. They're having a great season right now. So I hope that I can watch them at the state level too, because they are truly rocking it. Um, and then from there, I took a position on the community involvement department for festival foods at their corporate office in the pier. Um, and then while also working there, one of my assistants at Green Bay actually took the St. Norbert job. Um, and so I was a Division three college basketball assistant coach um, for a season. And then I ended up moving back to Madison for a little bit and still working for festival. They let me work remote. So I had to stop coaching. But through all of the different, I mean, I've coached now every age group. There is, and there's something about coaching that high school level and under where skills is something that you have to hound. It's not so much, much as like the X's and O's and coming up with these unique plays to win the game. It's truly teaching the girls skills. And I think sometimes that gets hidden um, on some levels where it's just about winning and losing, but the important part and what's going to help win is developing those skills and the correct skills and the shooting form. Um, so I truly enjoy coaching the little kids. And I think that's something that I will always do. Um, and I think going into the college level, it's, I'm very, very, very family oriented. And my parents came to almost every single one of my games and extended family as well. So I still saw everyone, but I think now being away from my family so much during my playing career it was harder as a coach missing holidays and birthdays and get 
get-togethers. I mean, given COVID, <laughs> it's a unique time, so we're not doing that right now. But given a normal year, that was that was difficult for me. So I think that high school or younger level is an area where I'm going to stay and hosting some um, camps, whether that be back home every so often or um, even up here. So I recently moved to Houghton, Michigan, up in the UP with my boyfriend. He's from here, and he took a job back home. So I just decided to move. So I no longer am with Festival, and I am job searching again. So it's it's kind of fun to think about what do I want to do and apply for those jobs and see those applications and be like, ooh, I really like this job. So I'm kind of just letting my path choose the next path that I'm going to do, whether that be coaching full-time or whether that be in a college-level admin role or even in healthcare. So I'm kind of just playing all my options and seeing where my next career will land me. Well, that's awesome stuff. We uh, we would love to see you back here in Wisconsin at the, the coaching ranks of, of some kind, hopefully someday. Um, because we would, as we've talked about many times, uh, Norbert and I on our podcast and in you know different places, we, we'd love to see more uh, more women, more former girls basketball players in the state, more involved, uh, you know, in that post career, whether it's coaching, whether it's officiating, um, you know, administrators at uh, administrators at schools, what have you. We'd love to see uh, see more of that, um, you know, at the uh, at the women's level. So, uh, Sam, we appreciate you joining us for the WSN podcast. It's been great to catch up. On uh, on what you've uh, what you've been up to and, and take a look back at your career. Uh, thanks for joining us. And again, hopefully we'll see you back here uh, at the at the high school or or level of some kind very soon in Wisconsin. Thanks for having me. I really enjoyed it. Great stuff from Sam Terry, a player that I got to watch uh, several times as uh, as I live in Reedsburg and, and lived in Reedsburg when she was at Baraboo High School, which is uh, uh, just a few minutes away, ten miles away or so. Got a chance to see her play. I uh, got a chance to talk to her when she was in high school, talked with her father at, at different times. And uh, outstanding young uh, young lady, uh, outstanding player, obviously. And, uh, you know, a, a kid that you, you wanted to root for. She had that injury in her junior year that, that you know, kind of sapped some some things, but worked hard to come back, got back to, to where she, she was before and got better to earn that, that uh, Miss Basketball Award in 2013. This has been a fun series of conversations to have, and we're going to have another conversation next week, by the way. Uh, I don't want to say boyhood you know, hero necessarily, but a, 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 somebody from my, from my generation, my time period, Jose Winston, who was the Mr. Basketball Award winner in 1998 out of Milwaukee Vincent High School. I graduated in 1998. You know, I, I followed Jose's career from, you know, from when he was coming up as a, a young player and you know, seeing his his name in Street and Smith magazine as a you know an All American and uh, Athlon Sports and whatever else you know the other magazines we had at that time before the internet, um, and uh, you know it, it was uh, it was a great conversation to have with him. Uh, that that will be a great conversation to have with him. He's now the head coach at Brown Deer. Uh, has has made some different stops along the way. Incredibly, incredibly insightful discussion with him as we talk about you know what it was like for him as a player, but also some kind of larger conversations about the state of basketball right now, specifically in Milwaukee, uh, you know, where his, his, uh, his base is, um, you know, that some of the challenges that are unique to coaching and, and playing in Milwaukee, um, you know, where, where things stand and it just kind of uh, get his thoughts on a, on a wide ranging uh, number of topics. It was, it was an incredible conversation with him with, with so much insight on those things. 
And again, uh, you know, as, as someone, you know, 17, 18 years old, following, following his career, watching him play at Vincent and at the state tournaments, um, and then 20-some years later, having a chance to interview him uh, was really, uh, really a special opportunity. So I certainly appreciate Coach Winston coming on, and that conversation will be next week on the WSN podcast. That's going to do it for us for this week, however. Uh, get out to as many games as you can. Check out as many streams as you can because before you know it, the season is going to be here and over. So take advantage of it while you can. For Wisports.net, this has been a Wisports.net podcast. I am Travis Wilson. We'll see you at a game. <laughs>